0: Welcome to the House of Revenue. I'm Mary Grothy, founder and CEO. I love scaling companies to their first 5 million, then 10, 15, and 20. If you've reached a revenue plateau and aren't sure how to get past it, you're in the right place. Listen in as we interview CEOs and solve their most pressing revenue challenges. If you want to be on our show or want to learn more, connect with us at houseofrevenue.com. We are covering two topics today. Both have surfaced for me in the last few weeks. If you're new to the show, this is CEO to CEO, Revenue Radio. I love sharing experiences through my own learnings in the hopes that someone, somewhere, preferably a CEO, is listening and can realize, wow, maybe I should consider that or implement that. I certainly don't know everything, but I have the privilege to experience pretty wonderful outcomes by implementing some of these things in our business. I'm hopeful this is helpful for you. Today's two topics, I want to talk about your conscious choice in the way that people get to experience you. I think this is often overlooked. And I think that CEOs are stressed out. I think they have a big responsibility. I think they can get triggered and frustrated easily. I think they have some ego. And I believe that sometimes they are not consciously showing up to create an experience for how people receive them. The other topic we're going to talk about, and I believe that there are related, which is why I'm talking about both on the same episode, is your control and your ability to create joy in your life. That joy is an option. It is not a destination. It doesn't happen when a whole bunch of things happen all in a row. So if this happens, then I can experience joy. There's an ability to have joy in the journey. I think the two topics here Choosing how people experience you and acknowledging how much power and control that you have in that, in addition to the choice of creating joy in your life now and not waiting for a dozen things to happen before that opportunity comes into fruition. So let's dig into these topics. Have you ever wished you could go back and replay a conversation? I have. In fact, I think back to the first two and a half to three years, we were scaling this company. And especially in the first two years, let me just back up even further, maybe even really the first year, (laughs) man, I was a woman on a mission. I was going to scale this thing, come hell or high water. And I was a steamroll, steamrolling over everybody just to make things happen. My urgency was through the roof. My lack of patience, it was just non-existent. I was executing on my high driver, but I I was very short-sighted. As I started growing the company and bringing on employees, I had this terrible expectation that I'm bringing you on to do this job, whether I train you or not, because trust me, back then we didn't really have time for training. I need you to just figure it out and get it done. We're a startup. We're fast-growing. i have offered you this position. Like, I need you to get in here and I need you to do it. And then when a mistake was made, I didn't have a lot of grace towards that person. In fact, it triggered me to be quite frustrated to think, why can't they just get it done? Why did they make this mistake? Didn't they take this job knowing this is what the job was? Those are horrible things to think. Yet I know that other CEOs feel that way. And from time to time, I can catch myself being short-sighted and not having grace towards one of our team members. And it it's fewer, far between now, praise Jesus, but it does still happen. I am human. I think back to when I started to understand that extending grace and being kind and loving my people, that shift happened to me in 2020. After the pandemic shut down, 60% of our business was gone. We scaled back to six team members, and we rebuilt from there. And as we rebuild, I had embraced this new thing called calmness. I'm not a calm person. I wasn't historically. I am now. And I used to just get so fired up and so passionate about solving every tiny challenge that happened in the company. Everything was a mountain. Everything was something we had to overcome and I realized, wait a second, but it isn't. I'm making it that. Like I'm making the decision to make that piece of adversity or that challenge bigger than it needs to be. If you think to when a piece of information enters you into your mind, you make a story about it. You create a story about a piece of information that's come to you. And so you, you are in control. We were created as powerful, powerful human beings. We are powerful creatures. And with power comes great responsibility. And you as a CEO, you might have five, ten, twenty, a hundred, a thousand employees that are following you. You are the influencer of your brand internally to your people. The way you handle things, the way you respond, whew. I hope you realize how many people look up to you in the tiniest of details. You are a leader whether you act like one or not. They look at you like one. And how you show up in those moments and how you receive and process information and how you react or respond to it is very influential in your company. We had a long 3-year employee recently transitioned to another company. It was a very celebrated moment. She was our first employee. And she knowingly went to a company, she was reading Glassdoor reviews, multitude of comments about the CEO, and they weren't good. Not good. A couple hundred employee company talked about the CEO acting like a bull in a China shop, short-tempered, isolated to only conversation with the executive team, not really present for others, but when they were. They didn't really handle situations too great. They seemed very erratic, ego, arrogance, short-sightedness. Even at 200 employees, people acknowledge and they see that and you're making the decision on how they experience you. You have full control over how you show up to your team and to your people on the worst of days, on the best of days, in small decisions and in big decisions. So you've got to identify, one, how do you want people to experience you? My gut is telling me you want them to experience the sweet, calm, passionate, mission-driven, caring human that I know that you are. But do they always experience that? Or do they experience your reactions and your hot-headedness and your frustration Do they get to experience the same ups and downs of entrepreneurship that you're experiencing? Which is some days just pure euphoria. Cloud nine. Things couldn't be better. You have all the affirmation in the world. This is exactly why I got into business. This is so good. And then on those days where it feels like it's all crashing down and you're questioning everything. You're even thinking on that day, shoot, I should sell the business. This isn't even worth it. Who experiences you on those days and what do they experience? And how do they experience you on the good days? Are you celebrating? Are you acknowledging people? Are you spreading the love of those wins across your team? Or are you just having a really great day by yourself or with your COO? or your closest executive team members, how people experience you is a choice. And that choice that you make on how people experience you can create phenomenal or detrimental outcomes. People look up to you as the CEO. Whether you believe it, know it, acknowledge it, are cognizant of it or not, they do. If you want to build a team of people who are inspired to work for you, that love being a part of your company, that show up motivated, that know they are valued, should have started with that. Do you create an environment and when people experience you as a CEO, do they feel valued as a part of that experience or do they feel like they're not good enough? Do they feel like no matter what they do, they can't please you and they can't win? Do they feel like they don't know the rules of the game at your company? Meaning they don't know how they're held accountable. They don't know how their performance is measured. They don't know what you expect of them. They don't know how to win. They don't know how to make you happy. They don't know how to claim a long-term seat at your company and they question if they should even be there. What experience are you creating for your people? You are in control of that CEO. And there's a lot of power behind it. A lot of times what I have found in myself and other CEOs I get to work with is those hard days, those hard moments, those moments of stress and grind and frustration And that tumultuous attitude and behavior that flows down to everyone else. It's usually caused by a lack of joy. If your heart and your being was full of joy, isn't that what would flow out of you? Have you heard that phrase, my cup runneth over, what's in your cup? If you have stress, frustration... Constantly pointing out people's flaws, talking behind their back, getting frustrated with them. If that's in your cup, please pour that out like in the back alley. (laughs) Get rid of it. Flush it down the toilet. Identify where you are happy, where you are thrilled, where you are whole. Look at the joy in your life. Can I just level with you right now? How awesome is it to be a CEO that we were created to be this capable, this smart, this talented, this capable to identify a problem in the market that we can solve and that we literally have the power to make people's lives better, our buyer, our customer, our clients, because of the product or solution as a founder that we created and developed or as a non-founding CEO that we've said yes to running this company and carrying out this mission. That is amazing. Do you know how many millions of people wish they could be you? That They think being a CEO is that top, top, top tier, oh my gosh, look at me. Can you sit in the moment and realize how remarkable it is? that you were created to do this and that you're capable of doing this. There's a lot of people that look up to you. Can you find the joy in the moment and not look at a destination? Find it right now. Like take a moment and look at your life. Can I tell you about mine? I'd love to share. You know, I like talking a lot. I used to be a number one sales rep, top performer. I made hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. I loved being in the top 10, number one rep, a couple of years there. And I made my own schedule, worked whatever hours I wanted, although I was always on call, which is fine. I met the greatest people, my prospects, my clients. I solved their problems. I hung around to make sure that The solution was implemented. A lot of challenges with that. The service delivery just was subpar, which is why I ended up leaving and not doing that anymore, but my heart was in it. I did it for eight years, wildly successful, and I would come home and I'd cry because I wasn't fulfilling my purpose. I happened to be very capable, very talented, and very good in the sales profession, but God had more for me. I was so successful based on today's or whatever's standards, whatever, however the world defines it. Even my own husband thought I was crazy. He's like, you work 25, 30 hours a week. You do whatever you want. You make insane amount of money. You get all the recognition. I said, but for what? For me? It's not about me. The magnitude of who I can impact and whose lives I can make better is very limited right now. I sold in the upmarket, so I only sold maybe eight or 10 clients a year. wasn't impacting a ton of people, and quite honestly, the product and service that I sold was faulty. Technology didn't always work. The service team didn't deliver at the levels that I know that they could. My clients were let down a lot, and that hurt. When I was selling payroll services, if you look at what I do today versus that, even on my worst days here, I praise Jesus and I'm so thankful that I get to do this, that this was put on my path. On my worst days with this company, they are far better than any day I had selling payroll. That was an easy job for me. This is not easy. But the joy from top to bottom that pours out of me, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a CEO. I've created a company that's parent-friendly. We create our own schedules. I have the weirdest schedule ever, but it works for me. I work from 5 to 7 a.m. Then I take care of my kid and take him to school between 7 and 8. I work between 8 and 2.45 or 3 o'clock. I pick up my kid and I'm a mom. I make dinner. My husband works overtime all the time. We never know what time he's getting off of work. And so I get to be what feels like a single parent. But then when he comes home, I get to welcome him with a nice, warm, homemade dinner every night, be with my family. And once the two of them get situated, I'm able to open up the laptop if I need to for a little bit more time. And then I bust out a few hours of work on the weekends. But you know what? That schedule works. It works for me. It works for my son. It works for my husband. It works for us. It works for our team. It works for our clients. It works for everything. And it works. Do you know how much joy is in the fact that I get to build my own schedule? So can I handle a rough day? Because I get this. Find me. Find me 20 CEOs, small business CEOs who've only been in business for three and a half years who get this that have been able to create a company that runs without them, that has a team of now 28 people who pour their hearts and passion into their work. They get remarkable results for their clients. Like, it's hard to come by. We did it. We created something phenomenal. There's joy in that. Could I focus on our growing pains. Could I focus on how long it takes me to manually enter people into our payroll system? Don't worry, I'm going through a payroll conversion right now. That won't be a problem anymore. Manually enter them into the 401k. The growing pains of how many interviews we had just to hire six people, how it turned my schedule upside down, and I was just burning the candle on both ends there for a four-week period. Can I talk about challenges and frustrations when we missed up on communication to a client and how we own that and how we turn it around quickly so we don't sacrifice any success within our engagement, but in that moment, how that doesn't feel really good at all. I'm disappointed. I hate letting people down, anybody, or better than that. But it happens. We employ humans. We make mistakes. I make mistakes. I'm not allowed to send out emails or proposals after 7 p.m. at night because I'll read it out loud and I still have typos in there. I just don't have attention to detail that late. I've learned that about myself. I have to do that stuff early in the morning. I get mad at myself when I'm just trying to crank things out and cross it off the list and get it done and I send it out and it has an error in it and it's embarrassing. I'm sending a $300,000 proposal to a prospective client and the name of the proposal says template. (laughs) Okay, I've done that. I've done stupid things. Does that hurt and I'm embarrassed and I worry? Did I just show them that we don't care about the quality of our work? Yeah, all that stuff floods in. But does it bring me down to the point where I sacrifice feeling joy, where I get frustrated? No. I've learned. I've learned that if I want people to experience the love and light that exists inside of me, then it is my conscious decision to choose joy in all things, regardless of the bullet points of what the heck is going on. There's joy in everything. I'm thankful for those moments when I make mistakes. Can I tell you why? And I send out an email that has the word template in it as the name of the proposal instead of the client name, because it reminds me that I'm human and it shows me how to have grace for when my team member makes a mistake, because it's not if, it's when. So in that moment, do I realize that I have very, very, very high standards for our team, but that kind of stuff happens. And if I'm making that mistake, how is that employee going to feel when their mistake is caught? There's an opportunity to extend grace, to smooth it over with a client, depending on what the situation is. We're not perfect. Nobody's getting fired. (laughs) We don't have to panic and freak out about it. Let's just love each other, have grace in the moment. Let's make sure the client is good. Let's figure out how we avoid making mistakes like that in the future so we can learn from it. And let's move on. Let's grow as human beings. Let's evolve. I didn't start off perfect in my career, and I'm not saying that like I'm perfect now. Hello. Man, a lot of people had a lot of grace for this young pup when I started in my professional career at 22 years old without a college degree with no experience. Being raised in a wildly toxic, abusive, alcoholic family, I cursed like a sailor. I had no self-worth. I had so many pains and scars and wounds deep inside of me. I didn't know how to conduct myself professionally. I didn't know how to be a young lady. I was a mess. And for years, people extended grace to me. And they helped me learn. And they modeled who I wanted to be. And some people dug in really, really, really deep to help me grow up and realize the beauty in life. There are things I'm forever grateful for. And we look at how our team experiences us, CEO to CEO. What are you creating for those team members early in their career? Are those people that are evolving on their personal journey and growing up. And they're just learning. What grace are you extending them? How are you slowing down? How are you being calm? How are you teaching them and mentoring them in those moments to develop them? You can do that if you're coming from a place of joy. If you have that pure, pure, pure joy and love and light in your heart, it's real easy to give it because you can't give what you don't have. So if you want to extend goodness and joy, and you want to, great. But if you don't have it on the inside, you can't. That's not good. I'm going to leave you with the encouragement that as a CEO, you've been gifted one of the most remarkable opportunities in this world is to lead your team looks up to you and you create the experience for them. You create it. You dictate that. That's a lot of power in your hands. But uh, the encouragement here is if you get right internally, get right with your own heart, soften up that heart and fill that heart with joy and find ways to celebrate and love and support and mentor and develop this team and inspire them and to meet them with kindness and grace. Can you do that? My guess, (laughs) it's a very educated guess, speaking from experience, that when you get that right, the way that your team will respond to you, the quality of work The work ethic, the productivity, the desire to be there, the longevity of that team member working for you, all of these components, all of that will come back to you. Go find your joy. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're interested in being on our show or want to learn more about how we can help you scale your company, connect with us at houseofrevenue.com. Or with me, Mary Grothy, spelled G-R-O-T-H-E, on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram.